This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's infrastructure, Linode has the pricing, support, and scale you need to take your project to the next level. Get started on Linode today by going to linode.com slash view. Everybody and welcome to a special meta episode of Enjoy the View. Well, actually, I'm not sure. Chris, you would know. I feel like it's the opposite of meta because we're like inside a meetup, but I don't know what the word would be. Mate, I don't know. I'm just trying to mix up the words of meta. And speaking of the team, today I have with me Chris Fritz. Hello, Ari Clark. Hello, Ben Hong. Hello. As well as you and I see meetup organizers, Matt and Ringo. Ringo, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Ringo. I have been a web developer for the last four years. I enjoy using Vue a lot. And uh, I have Tessa and Matt with the uh, Vue University meetup. Awesome. How about you, Matt? Yes. So I'm one of the organizers of the Vue meetup for Vue NYC and also Amateur AV Tech. Awesome. So I guess we can get started with everyone's general podcast experiences, like what kind of podcasts you were listening to before you were on your own podcast. I guess I'll start. Yeah. So prior to sort of getting involved with the podcasting world, I think I listen a lot to Shop Talk, which is like Chris Coye, Dave Rupert. And that's one of like really the original sort of like front end development podcasts. And another one that was like more recent that I enjoyed a lot was Front End Happy Hour. So those are, I think, like sort of like my top two tech podcasts that I'd be listening to. I guess I'll go next. <laughs> I will second Fun and Happy Hour. I was definitely listening to that. But I was Soft Skills Engineering, which if you're not listening to that, you really should be. It's amazing. And Software Engineering Daily, as well as before I was on a podcast, I did listen to some podcasts from the network that shall not be named. <laughs> I no longer do. <laughs> Ringo, I feel like you listen to a lot of podcasts, don't you? What are some of your favorites? Is, is there any overlap there? I have been listening to uh, um, the one with John Papa, a real talk JavaScript. And I use C Sharp and .NET a lot. So I also listen to uh, coding blogs about that. Cool, cool. So what inspired you to create your own podcast or what were your goals when getting started with? this whole venture? Well, I mean, I think we need to take it a little further step back because I mean, I'll be honest, when I was listening to podcasts, I think the idea of ever, even ever being on one, like even as an interviewee was at least to me unthinkable. And so I think the first time I, I think I brought, I think was Chris asked me to come on. And that was, I mean, for me, I was like terrified of like, oh my gosh, what if I say something stupid? Like it was, it was a very scary experience to say the least. I don't know. I mean, Anyone else have like that sort of first time like being on a podcast experience? So Chris also invited me on the predecessor, I guess we'll, we'll call it that, the predecessor to our current podcast. And I was and still am a nobody. <laughs> like, I have no interesting claims to fame. At that point, I hadn't even spoken at a conference. I was just some random view developer that I happened to run into Chris at UConf a couple years ago. and. He, I guess, thought I was somewhat interesting. <laughs> he could have been drunk. It was at a reception. So. <laughs> no, I, I, I was, I was not drunk. I don't even drink. I know. No, I, I was, but I was talking to you I when you were myself. doing 
some really interesting stuff with you. And you were able to talk about it in a way that was, that was really compelling. Yeah. So I was super nervous because I'm like, I have nothing to offer. This is ridiculous. Like what, <laughs> why would they want me? So yeah, I, I made the mistake of scheduling it out like way far in advance, like a month and a half or something like that. So I had a month and a half to just like freak out about it. I really should have just gotten it over with. It was not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be when like I got in there. But yes, like Ben, I was freaking out. Actually, you just reminded me. So I don't know how many people know this, but the actual story behind my first episode on our predecessor when I was interviewed was I had canceled the week before like on the calendar, like deleted the invite. And I thought it would automatically cancel. And so I was like, okay, this is going like, I'm, I'm just procrastinating. I like come on another time. And then uh, like the day of like an hour before I get an email that's like, oh, everyone's going to be excited to talk to you in an hour. And I'm flipping out because I thought I had pushed that off. And I, I somehow managed to, to, get it to, to get it together and still get on the show. But oh man, that was, I was panicking. Poor Ben. But now look at you. <laughs> now he's totally doing things stupid every week. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> that would be all of us. Chris, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's like, oh, it's no big deal. We do it all the time. It's so funny. I had almost the exact opposite experience of you, Ben. Save I also have Chris to blame slash thank for being a guest on The Predecessor, where I had scheduled my episode and then it was canceled. But I didn't know, like nobody had told me. And so I was in the room, record was being recorded. And I was nervous because I was like, nobody is here. And like, I was mad. There was an emergency, so nobody could respond. And I was like, nobody is responding. But I was in this Zoom room alone, and it was recording. And I was like, what is happening to this footage? Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that. Like, there was some bad communication on our end. Well, it all worked out in the end. I mean, here I am. And I (laughs) I would push back that, Ari, you're not a nobody. I mean, I've heard from Chris that you're pretty big on Twitter, I feel like. (laughs) No. No, here's the thing. Like, we keep trying to make me big on Twitter. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm not trying to make you big on Twitter. I'm just trying to me. troll you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> literally, no one cares about my Twitter handle still. So, what is it again, Chris? <laughs> well, if you'd like to learn more about our Twitter handles and how you can reach us on Twitter, you can at us and me specifically at Bloomy Loomy. That's Lumi, L-U-M-I. And since you may be watching this on Twitch, there's also a Twitch channel by the same name as all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you say you're a nobody, but you used to be like a pretty big streamer. Not, guys, I wouldn't right? say pretty big. I had a solid community. That's about it. But in the programming world, definitely a nobody. So what were you hoping to achieve in running this like new podcast? Me? Yes, you, Chris. Master well, I, yeah, I guess I guess I was the first one on. Yeah, I was enjoyed to the the previous iteration of this podcast, and then invited back as a as a permanent panelist, and decided, yeah, actually, like that's actually and aligned with my community goals and and outreach and like educating people in the view community, like trying to provide good quality content and give people a platform to come on the show and share more about what they're learning about you and what they're doing with you. Like Ari said, like I, I'm not even looking for, you know, just trying to like highlight the people who are already really popular, but finding people like Ari who are just doing cool stuff with you 
and know how to talk about it. And then invited her back as a, as a panelist because she also asked really, really good questions. And Ben, like, same thing. I, it, Tessa, you're the only one that I didn't personally invite as a panelist. I was totally on board with it. Yeah, I think Ben gets that honor for her. Was Ari? I don't know. It was a joint effort. Like, I don't remember. I think I may have said it first, but Ben was immediately like, yes, we need that. So, yeah, I I just know. Go 50. I I was just like, yeah, sounds good. It wasn't my (laughs) idea. Yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't know it was happening until I was on the air. So, (laughs) we were super sneaky about it. We're like, you'll be a guest panelist when the entire time our team was to have you permanent panelist. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we wanted to give her like tryout to uh, you know, see how it would go. Like, yeah, but we didn't tell her that. I mean, I already knew, like, because I had uh, my first interaction with Tessa uh, that I can recall at least was when you were in my workshop, Tessa. And right. my impression of you was that you were the one like asking the best questions. And in fact, like some of the best questions that I've ever had in that workshop oh. in any iteration. And so when they suggested like having you on as a panelist, it's like, yeah, 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 of course. You do ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And and I enjoy your questions. And you ask different kinds of questions than other people often ask, which provides unique value. That's true. I am a big weirdo. (laughs) You're a total (laughs) weirdo. I was trying to say it nicely, but yeah, (laughs) Tessa's a huge weirdo. Yeah. The key is that we're each uniquely weird, but we are all weird. Mm-hmm. But she was like weird beyond the weirdness that we already had represented. <laughs> yeah, I think she might be like a better brand of weird than the rest of us. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you know that weird is old, old English or middle English means fate. That's like the only thing I remember from high school English. Means what? Fate. Like this is fate. Oh, fate. Yeah. That's weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I didn't get. I didn't know you were doing something until Ari said something, so I feel extra slow. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know I was doing something until I was doing it. So I think we can sense a theme here. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, yeah. That's actually the, the secret of the podcast. We have no idea what we're doing. Yeah, and and something that was great for me in the podcast is I didn't have to worry about the editing. Or like getting sponsors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I could just show up once a week and do a little bit of prep and like invite guests. And that's basically it. So that, that worked out really well for my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Made it much easier to like fit in as an extra thing I was doing. Yeah. When we started, literally all any of us had to do was, was show up. And that was on the predecessor. And then we left the network that the predecessor was on and we had to figure out how do you start a podcast? That was an interesting process. I guess it's worked out pretty well. We have to do a little bit more now than just uh, show up. Okay. <laughs> Some of us have to do a little bit more than just show up. I think Chris still just shows up. And for the most part, so what do you I. saying? <laughs> I still just show up, but that's like, I, I'm totally, I'm totally like upfront. And that's like, that's what I ha- have time for. What's yes. the saying? 90% I, of is showing up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, just to be very clear, Chris was really great about being upfront when we started this. To, to be honest, like doing a podcast is, can be a fair amount of work. But I think when we first started this, we had Elizabeth on well in the panel and we just really enjoyed getting together every week, just getting together to chat, to be able to talk about these things. And so 
you know, as well, it's not something we wanted to see end. And so I think that's where the, a lot of the motivation was behind really starting it back up. And honestly, having a lot of that ownership regarding making sure that it aligns with our own values and principles and having that creative freedom to own what the website looks like, to own like marketing, you know, just to have that process. Like it is more work, but I feel like the team overall has that sort of sense of ownership and pride in the sense that like we have gone to choose our partners, whether it's, you know, you know, the current podcast we're on, I think Code Fund right now, which is helping us with like sourcing sponsors it is and Code those sort Fund. of things. That's okay. I was right. <laughs> uh, I know. I, was like, <laughs> I, I think Code Fund. <laughs> I paused for a moment. He was being like, pretend humble about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Chris is really instrumental in helping with that. But yeah, the sponsor piece is one thing that uh, has been really great as far as helping to offload that piece because they also help us take care of the sound editing as well. And so I would say anyone's looking to do like sort of larger scale production, I think sound editing and sourcing sponsors. If you can find a partner that can help you with that, that's probably your biggest like time saver. Everything else can, I think people can pitch in here and there, but that definitely requires a specialized skill to do those things. I would also say find yourself an Elizabeth Fine who loves actually doing everything that goes into a release. Because at this point, I'm not entirely sure what all that entails, but I have a feeling <laughs> it's a little work that I'm aware of. Yeah, Elizabeth has been um, fantastic. I know for those who have been listening from the beginning, she hasn't been on the show as much, but she's still very much a part of the team and we love her very much. And she's just been fantastic in helping us just make sure like the show gets uploaded and uh, released every week. So yeah, much love goes out to Elizabeth. And Ari, like we have to give you credit for like uh, building the connections to help us actually find the, the podcast network that we ended up oh, on. Oh, I guess I did do that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> All because I ran my mouth on Twitter. Sometimes it pays. And you say you're nobody. Well, you know, it was one of those like opportunity things that like enough people were pissed off about the same thing that, you know, if I said things that sort of fed into that, you know, anger, people noticed. So <laughs> I totally forgot that. Yeah, that was me. Oh, yeah, that was totally you. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, like the cliche about podcasts is it's just like two dudes in a room talking to each other and that's it, right? But I feel like there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that the average listener wouldn't think of, or like even me, but I always feel like I was born yesterday, so. Yeah, yeah. sometimes there's more than just two dudes. <laughs> sometimes fact, it's two uh, dudes and two ladies. We've been very intentional about that fact. <laughs> I think the one thing that I had never really thought about before I was on a podcast is that there might be really long, awkward pauses, and there is. We just edit out. I've become very comfortable with long, awkward silences, which I think is a pretty valuable life skill, you know? I mean, we all have like beautiful eyes, and we sometimes just get lost in them. I mean, <laughs> especially honest. Ben's eyes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, don't get me started. I, 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 have to, I have to avert my gaze right now, or else it'll happen again. I'm so glad people can see the video right now because I think Ben is blushing. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, yeah, that's right. I'm so not used to the video actually being public. That's true. Yeah. I normally don't have to worry about that. Yeah. I was trying to come up with some clever clapback about my eyes looking like soil, but from dirt. I don't know what I could dirt? come up with anything. You have kind eyes, Ben, kind. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> the color doesn't matter. It's, it's the spirit. <laughs> And it's like, I'll take out the spirit and post. <laughs> we'll have Stephanie, your wife, on next time to give us a testimony about your eyes. <laughs> I'll, I'll see if she's okay with that. Yeah, that could be one of our recurring advertisements. Ben's eyes. 
<laughs> so how do you feel like the podcast has evolved over the, I was going to say years, but I don't know if that's true. Episodes, months, iterations? If we're talking about just iterations from the predecessor to our current one, and even, I guess, to this episode of the current podcast, Enjoy the View. I would say that as time has gone on, it has more and more reflected our values and the values that we believe are important in the community. You know, that was why it was really important that we had creative control because we felt like if we were going to do this, we wanted to do it in a way that would serve the view community and not just ourselves. (laughs) I'm not even sure if it serves ourselves, but (laughs) hopefully it's also serving the community. I've heard a couple people say they listen to it. So... (laughs) Yeah, if we've helped two people, that's great. Well, and another aspect about podcasting, which, you know, those that sort of get involved with, you know, when they come onto podcast networks, to Chris's point, something that podcast networks can provide you if they have infrastructure set up is that it's true. You just show up and you can have that experience of running a podcast by showing up. They take care of everything from there. However, I think one real aspect of this is that, as we all know, like our, our free time is really valuable. And a lot of times when podcasts basically um, with ad revenue and those sort of things, like, it is something that people can profit off of. And in my experience, like after a while, once you have that experience, it's one of those things where I, I'm a big believer in making sure that panelists are compensated in some way, shape, or form. You know, a lot of times this is like a passion project for most of us. Like if we were to try to like do this by an hourly rate, I think a lot of us wouldn't even bother. But this is something we love doing. And so it's partly to do it. But you know, if you're running a podcast network or on one, like, you know, at least see if you can get like at least some audio equipment and that kind of thing, some something to just sort of help boost like the work that you do and just as again, just a like conversation for your time. So definitely important yeah. part for if you're thinking about doing your own. To be clear, we are not making bank off of this, okay? <laughs> <laughs> just want to be real clear about that. Wait, did you buy that yacht, Chris? You showed me that this morning, I think. What? <laughs> yeah, that model yacht. yacht money. <laughs> that, that model yacht that I, I got that on eBay for five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's about what we can cover. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've actually never made a cent off of this. In fact, like just recently only like, upgraded some audio equipment uh, and some of those upgrades are still coming in and just got reimbursed for that. That's the only thing. That's the only money I've ever made off the off podcasting. I ha- haven't really been in it for the money. When you got your yacht though, did it come with free shipping? There was <laughs> I have to. I have to be honest. That was a bit. I don't even own a pretend yacht. <laughs> well, you just and to be really lies. honest, I'm not even exactly sure what a yacht is apart from boat. I know it's a kind of boat. It's a fancy it's, boat. I think it's a big boat, an expensive mm-hmm. boat, right? Yeah, it's a boat that rich people have. That's what I understand. Yeah, the rich people modifier is the only part I know about it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone knows the distinction of a yacht versus some other type of boat, you can send a message to at Chris. At Gloom We're really curious. Yeah. L U M I. I thought I could turn that one around, yeah, but you jumped right no, in. You were, mm-hmm. It was good though. It was good. Good attempt, Ari. We'll get we'll get him one day. Someday. With over 300 tools and warehouses, Segment connects your stack with one API and can get you up and running faster with our historical data replay feature. Segment is a customer data platform that helps companies harness first-party customer data. Their platform democratizes access to reliable data for all teams and offers a complete toolkit to standardize data collection, unify user records, and route customer data into any system where it's needed. More than 20,000 companies, like Intuit, 
Hinge, Instacart, and Levi's use Segment to make real-time decisions, accelerate growth, and deliver compelling user experiences. For more information, visit Segment.com. I guess, I guess another big change is like when I first joined the podcast, it was, I think it was just four white dudes and occasionally a white lady, <laughs> but like, that's kind of my niche. So I, I, I didn't, I wasn't really happy with that competition. Uh, and so, so <laughs> change that. Yeah, I, I feel like I, if other people are representing the white dude perspective, uh, just like, what else do I have to say? <laughs> Yes, in case you guys aren't aware, Chris is now the only white dude on the podcast. Except for this is intentional, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Like representation. It's not like 100% intentional. It's not like we're against ever having like a white dude as a panelist, but like. It's a strike against you. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to prove yourself. Uh, But I mean, everyone has to prove themselves. Yeah. Yes. And it's also just like, you know, there are a lot of people, you know, if we're really, really honest, there are a lot of people who I think could make good panelists. And, and part of what goes into this is like having voices represented that are from parts of the community that people can identify with. And so like, Ari, when you say like, oh yeah, I, I'm like just a view developer, like that's, that's something in your favor. <laughs> sure. Like the fact that you're not, you're not working on like you know, core view projects and you're, you're using them and trying to like, you know, figure out what to do. And like, you know, you've, you've tried to navigate like the resources that are available. Like that is a really valuable perspective. And I'm now on year two plus of maintaining a single view project, which is super fun. <laughs> you get to pay for your own mistakes. It's, it's great. <laughs> the cost of success. But yeah, no, I guess I, I will say that, yeah, because I'm not sitting here making like little side projects, pet projects. My perspective comes from using it every day on the same project and I'm the only one. So if I'm paying for a mistake at this point, it's probably mine. Occasionally it's from my previous teammate, but at this point it's mostly just me. <laughs> but no, also, so like, I, I know, yeah. I know like the room that view leaves you to hang yourself because every framework does. So I know what not to do. I know a lot of what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> and you've pushed the limits of you in, in, in many yes. ways, like with the, like the, the really like radical real-time nature of the application that you build. Yes. And I made mistakes even in that implementation, which I could tell you the better ways to do it now. I haven't done those better ways in, or I haven't implemented those better ways in the actual project that I Or not on, all of them. But... I mean, I, it, anyone I who's talk... maintained a project over yeah. like over three months has things they don't like about it. Yeah, no, like the reality is there are things that you will leave, even if they're not ideal, not best practices, because they work. Would I do it differently now? Yes. Does it still work? Yes. Am I going to change really, it? Probably not. <laughs> and if it doesn't work and it, I mean, if it works and it doesn't cause you problems, like, is there a problem with it? I don't think so. I, mean, I, feel, I feel bad for maybe if someone else ever joins the team or if I move on and someone else has to, clean up my mess, but I still think it's pretty, well, it's just not necessarily the best way to do it. Yeah. And like cost to moving to a radically different way as well. Yeah. Cause so I you, could break you, you a lot of judgments. things. Yeah. <laughs> Every, all code is compromised. Amen to that. And Tessa brings her weirdness as we already discussed. <laughs> and also if you're always like, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. I'm, I'm that person. You can identify with me. <laughs> <laughs> 
But you do know what's going on, but you're also just like thinking five steps ahead at all times. So that's, I think, why you feel like you don't know what's going on because you're actually transcending the rest of us. Yeah, let's go with that story. I like that. (laughs) And Ben is just on the core team. That's the only reason we keep him around. (laughs) That is a recent development. I know. (laughs) Which is why it's not true. But speaking of development over time, you know how there's that cliche about once film students go to school, they like can't appreciate film anymore. Do you find that you listen to podcasts differently now that you're on one pretty much every week? No. I mean, okay. I will say I notice a little bit more when maybe it's not the best production quality, but I wouldn't say that like I'm distracted by that fact. I'm just like, oh, they clearly don't have editing. Because <laughs> like, Every once in a while, I'll hear a podcast where they left in the long, awkward pause. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, you should edit that. <laughs> but I'm like, I can relate to that. So actually, in a way, I think I appreciate them more. Yeah, I think I have to second Ari's sentiment. He just realizes how much work goes into like the smooth transitions. And so you're like, oh, that was nice. You're like, you know, when they go from music to, you know, conversation. So, you know, yes, I, I'm a little bit more sensitive if there are weird transitions. Like I'll, I'll pick up on that. But I wouldn't say as a whole, it's like ruined my ability to listen to podcasts. You know, well, it's like fine dining. Your the one thing that has ruined my ability to listen to podcasts is the fact that I'm no longer commuting every day. But oh my I gosh, feel, yes. I <laughs> so I used to have a 56 mile each way commute prior to the end of the world. Just kidding. The world's still going. <laughs> you mean the zombie part or the quarantine part? Uh, zombies, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, so... It was a great opportunity to listen to a lot of podcasts. And I also found that it reduced my tendency towards road rage significantly. <laughs> I have a bit of a lead foot. And so when people are in my way, I just, I am not about that. But yeah, I, I honestly haven't listened to any podcasts since I stopped commuting. And I really feel like I need to set aside time for it. I also want to point out, I think that's why our own listener numbers have gone down. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually notice like a drop? Have you looked at like the metrics? Yeah. There was a drop. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't have a lot of data points prior to it, but it was, yeah, it did drop. But that's also pretty typical. Like as you find your, your audience, like a lot of people start out and then they just like don't prioritize the podcast like as much if it's not their wheelhouse, but they don't know until they listen to the first episode. Come on. We are everyone's wheelhouse. I'm just kidding. We are so not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone else who runs a podcast that I've talked to has seen that same thing. So essentially while we're all super happy working at home, we're all going to be less educated when this is over. <laughs> <laughs> the one podcast that I, I stopped listening to mostly was the one I was on. I, I just stopped listening to my own podcast because yeah, I, I was there. I got the director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> I still had a few like episodes that. in the backlog before I became a panelist and I did listen to those. But as soon as it was my interview episode... I managed to listen to half of it just to see how dumb I sounded. I sounded actually a lot smarter than I thought I would. So that was a pleasant surprise. But after that, I stopped listening. You really do, Ari. (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes. What about you, Tessa? Have your podcast listening habits changed in the last month or two? So I usually don't listen to podcasts regularly. (gasps) Tessa. I'm just kidding. If there's somebody like tweets an episode of something and I'm like, oh, that topic got interesting. I'll listen to that. Or there's like one or two podcasts that I'll catch the recording on YouTube, like Tony and Chelsea Northrup's photography podcast. Since joining this though, 
I've gone back and listened to some of the episodes from before I joined, mainly to hear these pre-recorded ads. But it was also kind of like fun, like, you know, when people are watching a show that has a lot of recurring inside jokes, like community or arrested development from what I've heard. Yeah, like I remember there was this one episode where we were talking about Animal Crossing and R.U. said something like, Chris isn't allowed to play games like that. And I was like, I wonder what that <laughs> 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 And then I listened to the very first episode where you all introduced yourselves because I just had to record my episode where I did that. And then I was like, oh, now I get it. So yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of fun. So I guess, yeah, maybe that sounds horrible, but I, listen, I sometimes listen to that photography podcast on YouTube and then I listen to our podcast. <laughs> Okay, we'll forgive you. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point, Tessa. You really need to listen to every episode of our podcast to to really get the full scope of our comedy. (laughs) Right, and we have this plot, running plot, you know, we're we're building our way right now towards the climax. So There's an arc. Yeah, Yeah. there's an arc, that's right. No, there's not. Coming soon. (laughs) Like we said, we make it up as we go. (laughs) But we do, we definitely do have a lot of um, recurring jokes. I'm pretty sure they're terrible, but hey. It's what we got. I mean, definitely another nice thing about being on it is like if we record one and it's a really dense topic and I don't get it, but then later I have a bug at work that feels like it kind of relates to it. Then I know what episode to go back to and re-listen to it. And because then it's like the second time, it's not as hard to understand what's what we're talking about. And then theoretically, I apply it to whatever I'm working on, theoretically. Yeah, that actually reminds me. There was one episode of The Predecessor that I did listen to, even though I was there just because I felt like I didn't get everything. But the good news is, is that this guest was actually just on this, the current podcast. So you should really check out Jack Kappa's episode about TypeScript because he's amazing and it was very informative. So you should do that. But I I had to like listen to my own voice. It was not fun. (laughs) I think though that Ringo and Matt probably listen to a lot more podcasts than I do. So like have your listening habits changed? I mean, obviously you're listening to more of our podcast, but besides that. <laughs> I mean, my listening habit has changed in a weird way in that I used to listen to like a fair amount of podcasts and now I pretty much just listen to staying home with, it's like Kumail Nanjiani's, or no, it's at home, something, it's, it's Kumail Nanjiani and Emily Gordon's new podcast that's like them in their LA house sort of just like analyzing the ongoing situation we're all in and like, it's very like, cathartic yeah my, my my habit definitely changed like I have, i'm way behind on my uh podcast like i just pretty much just stopped listening to all the podcasts that i used to listen to besides this one of course <laughs> it's okay you don't have to lie to us <laughs> <laughs> i will say though i've been listening to a lot more audiobooks now that i have wireless earbuds because i usually have wireless headphones so like when i'm cleaning or something mm. yeah I like audiobooks a lot, but then I, I get to that point where like, I'm like, oh, I want to highlight that. But then like I'm cleaning and then I'm like, oh, it's going to keep going. No, shoot. That, that totally just sounds like you bet. Like, I'm not surprised by any of that. Maybe when you have, you know, some ample free time, which I know you do all the time, Ben, you can make a side project where you're like listening to an audiobook and if you like highlight, then it like remembers that moment of time for you. That would be great. <laughs> I would love that. It's tough because they're all in their own like ecosystems of apps though, right? Yeah. I was thinking we could answer some more questions after the break. Yeah, keep posting questions, people, because we only have one so far. And I'm I'm sure like we have a lot of interesting answers. 
to Allegedly. probably some questions. Yeah. We got the preview of the quality for like the last 45 minutes or so. So in other words, we'll get no questions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you ask a really good one, Chris promised he would do it in his David Attenborough voice and answer the question that way. Oh, I would absolutely do that. Probably even if, yeah, probably this happened anyway. I would <laughs> be able to help myself. And Ben doing his Harry Potter voice. <laughs> I'll also do my Batman voice. Ooh. <gasps> oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So we have to have enough questions to get to Batman voice. So please guys do not disappoint. I want to hear this. <laughs> Three questions. So what have been some of your challenges in making the podcast, whether it's like content related or if it's more like tooling related? I'll go ahead and start. So developing the content, most podcasts do sort of guest style interviewing. And so I think as we've grown as a panel, We've been trying to figure out different ways of sort of not only mixing that up, but providing better value to the listeners beyond just sort of like the interview format. So it's been cool just being able to talk with like Ari, Chris, and Tessa, just hearing like the different ideas and how we can grow, like sort of expand the formats in order to not only change things up, but just to, to provide more value to people. So I think that's been the biggest challenge. Yeah. And then just keeping stuff updated on the site does take some work. It's not all fully automated just yet. So that's been a thorn in my side. <laughs> I just, I want everything to work magically. It just doesn't work yet. My biggest challenge has been coming up with picks every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so hard. It is. I wish I were more interesting. Yeah, no, like that's the, it makes me feel really narrow in scope, just boring. And then Tessa like has great articles every week. And I'm like, God, she reads a lot, doesn't she? I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, though. Sometimes I'm like, oh, shoot, we have to do picks tomorrow. And then I'm like, I should prepare something or read something interesting so I can share it. But <laughs> it like, does help me stay on track of stuff. Yeah, I try to do more like personal stuff rather than, rather than work stuff. And it reminds me of like how little I do just in free time. <laughs> Sometimes, mm. some weeks. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. I really liked your hiking pick, though. That was super interesting, even though I will never go hiking. But I was like, that would be very good to know if I do go hiking someday. I am with you on that, Tessa. <laughs> but it's beautiful. It's, oh, this is the perfect time of year to do it, at least uh, in the U.S. I mean, I live in like probably the greatest hiking state mm-hmm. in the U.S., but I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny, Ari. <laughs> I know. I'm like a waste of space here in Colorado. (laughs) Give it a shot. Just like look up a really well-rated trail. I don't like bugs. Isn't there that one musical venue that's like an arena and it's like Uh, outside? Yeah. Yeah. You could go to like a music concert. Like, well, Uh, uh, Red Rocks is expensive. Fiona Apple, maybe she'll perform there. You could like, you know. Helpful. I have seen (laughs) Fiona Apple in Denver, but not at I've When I've hiked, there really hasn't been a lot of bugs. Like if you sit down in the grass or something, yeah, you, you might see some bugs if you don't put down a blanket, but flying bugs. Those are the ones that really get me. It's just a lot of me ducking and squealing, <laughs> which I mean is a good workout, so, but I don't enjoy here, it. <laughs> here's a tip. If you don't go near like if you stay away generally from still water sources, you'll have a much better time. Bees, wasps, they don't care. No, but they, they, like there aren't like, do you know how many in the last month, and I go hiking basically every day, how many bees and wasps that I've seen out there? Like probably a handful. We're in different states. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, we are. Absolutely. I don't know if it's like that in Colorado. I've never hiked in Colorado. Just give up now. <laughs> it's not happening. I will not hike. 
I think if you stay away from the outdoors, you'll keep the beasts and wasps to a minimum. Exactly, Tessa. That's where I'm at. Oh, I think Chris is so beautiful. I never regret getting outside and like walking by the river. Oh, See, gosh. I can just drive up into the mountains and enjoy it from the safety of an enclosed vehicle. That's <laughs> not the same to me. I, I need nature. We got way off topic. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, like, one thing that kind of weirds me out about the mountains that I've seen in the U.S., I feel like a lot of them from a distance look brown. And the ones that I grew up around, like, from a distance, they look green. So I guess if we lived in a greener country, then it wouldn't be so off topic because that's, like, the view color or something. (laughs) I like how you brought that full circle somehow. I tried. (laughs) I think mountains were designed based off the Nuxt logo, right? Yeah, that's what I heard. Uh, Nux mm-hmm. came first. Mm-hmm. Really from framework, <laughs> it's so rampant these days. Speaking of challenges, like what are your pro tips for if somebody wanted to start their own podcast? Like if I was going to be like, okay, cat tips, I really like that idea. I'm going to go create my own podcast tomorrow. Or what are your biggest challenges that you get to figure out how to make? I'd say like, make sure you actually want to do it. <laughs> And, and so maybe it'd be a good idea to like, meet every week and, and actually re- record something, even if you never plan on publishing it. And that can help you like, learn to figure out if you actually have like, a conversation that you want to regularly have. And I would say that it, it will always be a constant, I'm not going to say struggle, but effort to find guests and come up with content like that never ends. Unless I guess if you're like one of those like murder mystery podcasts where like, there's the whole story like laid out for you from the beginning. But then once that story's over, you have to get another one. But you at least have, I guess, <laughs> longer time in between needing new content. I didn't have too much of a hard time with, with the old podcast where I, I invited most of the guests. I've been more hands-off with this one and, and y'all have done a great job. So I haven't needed to. I felt like I needed to. Yeah, I would say, you know, when you do, you know, publish something like a podcast, it is certainly a commitment to the public because you are saying, like, I want to do this consistently. So if, you know, maybe at least start with like an initial like YouTube live, whatever, see how that goes, see how that feels. And if you're really excited, you know, there's this Chinese proverb that's like strike when the iron is hot. And so if you want to like try to do the podcast and maybe do it like do a monthly podcast, don't whatever you do, just like weekly is definitely like a commitment. (laughs) So if you start at least with the monthly, that is a good way to at least edge away less, less pressure. But, but yeah, I would say... Just yeah, just just be careful about that. And we talked early, a little bit earlier about sound editing and ad revenue. Like again, as long as you're not trying to like, you know, keep the lights on with podcasting, those are technically optional. You know, have fun with it. And then as you see fit to invest more into like getting sound editing and stuff. But especially especially if you're just like by yourself or just one other person, I think it's not as expensive. Um, the more you have, when you have more voices, it starts, I think the editing becomes a lot more complicated. So just keep that in and mind. And also transcripts become more expensive. But mm-hmm. transcripts are technically optional. We just believe firmly in accessibility. So it was not optional for us. Yes, we're a little behind, but we promise we'll catch up soon. I mean, to, are we to see, totally, I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> to be totally fair, like I was not willing to do any transcripts. So it wasn't, it was optional for me because oh, I was yeah. like, oh, I think it's great. And, but I just didn't have the time to Actually, to I will it. say finding a transcript service, I think, has been a, a challenge. Yeah. I had to edit the transcript for the first episode. That was so painful. We never used that again. What was it? AWS? 
Yeah, I tried. We tried to automate it with like AWS automatically transcribing audio that did not did not work was not usable. But yeah, I would say transcripts are definitely a challenging piece of it. If yeah, if you can find yeah, it, it can be pretty pricey <laughs> if you're paying someone. Because we have so many people on the one podcast. Yeah, I mean, you can go on services like Fiverr to look for like independent contractors, but most of them typically only do one to two voices. And since we have usually four to six, it's, it's most people don't do that. Yeah, and we tend to talk over each other, which doesn't help. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I guess my personal tip, having only been on here for like a month or so, would be have a Ben. Because Ben takes care of everything. Yep. Yep. And also, like, my personal biggest challenge is figuring out Notion. So if any of you are, like, Notion Pro users, hit me up at Gloomy Loomy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Tessa, you too. I was like, get offended, Tessa. I was like, right here, I got you. Well, you know where to find me on Twitter, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Be sure to DM you after this. And that's it for this week's episode. Be sure to tune in next week for the Q&A part of our View NYC adventure. And until then, enjoy the view. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Linode. With 11 data centers worldwide, including their newest data center in Sydney, Australia, enterprise-grade hardware, S3-compatible storage option, and their next-generation network, Linode delivers the performance you expect at a price that you don't. Get started on Linode today by going to linode.com view.